This is Mouth Media Network. All right, welcome everybody to Travel Is Your Business. We have a great show lined up for you guys. Today, our guest is Mr. John Matson. He is the digital director at Voyager HQ, which is a new community connecting startup founders with investors and corporate partners in the travel, tourism, and hospitality industry. So we're going to get into community, travel, technology, startups, all that good stuff when we come back because our show starts right now. Hi, I'm John Matson. I'm the digital director for Voyager HQ. And what I love about travel is that it brings people together around the world and it allows people to empathize with how other people live their lives. From New York City, this is Travel Is Your Business, covering the intersection of technology and business in the travel industry with technology thought leader and community builder Pavan Ball and growth strategist Peter Crisdale. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm one of your hosts, Pavan Ball, and joining me today is co-host Samantha Shankman. Hey, everyone. What's going on, Sam? It's going great. Excellent, excellent, excellent. And today, our guest is none other than John Matson. He is the digital director at Voyager HQ. Welcome to the gauntlet. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, pleased to have you here. Thank yeah. you. And I guess it's great to note that we are recording from Voyager HQ, which is, of course, our home for one of our Mouth Media studios. Uh, so we are very excited to tell the story of our host. Yeah, we and love having host you here. In both ways, host <laughs> of the show and guest host of the show and host of our podcast network studio. Super pumped to be involved. Excellent, excellent. So let's start over here. Um, why don't you give us kind of a high-level, 30,000-foot um, description of who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, well, I would say that I'm super involved with startups <laughs> at any at any pretty much point. Um, and what I like to do is help those companies grow. Um, some people would call it like a growth strategist or like a growth hacker or a marketer or it kind of like uh, it changes titles a lot. Wizard. Wizard, I guess. Mm. I, I don't know. Um, I definitely will never call myself a guru, but that's because that's what I identify with. But um, sensei, I guess. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, so I've, I've been involved with with um, startup and the startup community in New York City for about four years now, um, which is relatively short, but uh, the scene in New York really just started bubbling up around that same time. Um, and I'm really uh, excited about the initiative that we started here at Voyager um, because we get to help an industry that is changing so rapidly um, and just facing so much innovation right now um, and help those companies navigate those waters. But yeah, how do you do that? What do you do as a digital director? So my role is primarily marketing, um, but basically I'm focusing. The title in that particular sense is is about um, building the digital community. Uh, and so as we've grown, we've we've really approached the community as digital first, so that the membership could be anywhere around the world. Because at the end of the day, travel founders travel, and we want to be able to provide resources and connect people around the world. Um, Although we are super focused in New York City right now, um, we want to be able to provide those opportunities in places like Hawaii and in New Delhi and 
um, just all over the world. And Barcelona, is the plan is the plan potentially to scale these out? Um, yeah, and I mean, I think that would be ideal. Um, we have, um, I would say, this is a pilot. This is a, a validation that the space is a necessity and um, and also a benefit that really makes a big impact for the startup founder. Well, I think it's important to talk about the interest in starting this space. Yeah, so absolutely. overall, the parent company to uh, Cheapo Air, which is, I guess, the most prevalent consumer-facing brand that Fair Portal owns, mm-hmm. uh, the founder of Fair Portal, subsequently Cheapo Air, I believe his family, and correct me if I'm wrong, but his family practice invested in this space to, to provide an ecosystem for technologists and Early stage startups. Yeah, absolutely. Sam, um, Sam Jane, who's actually the first uh, guest. Who's the first guest? On yeah, exactly. That's business. why I know these things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it uh, it did. It started out of his family office, um, which, to if anybody who's listening doesn't know that, that's a uh, basically private investment um, handled for an individual. After you make a certain amount of money, it becomes prudent to ha- like basically have somebody manage that investment, or else it starts to um, you know basically depreciate. Um, anyway, he uh, wanted to create some kind of investment vehicle that allowed him to provide support to startup founders and get their start the way he did. Um, also, it gives him a good eye and ear on what's coming up and what he could leverage. I exactly. Thought, I mean, both sides are obviously quite intelligent. Yeah. It's, um, it, it's beneficial in all ways, basically. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, Peter and Frank, who had been brought in um, to to kind of help him navigate how to best set that up, um, you know, really did a lot of research in terms of what benefits a startup founder really needed. And the two things that we found most most uh, um, evident was that travel startups in particular need either an immense amount of capital up front or a unique set of dynamic partnerships. Um, in the way that if you're doing B2C, it's much more likely that you're actually B2B2C because you're going to be working with a larger player and you have to have that relationship kind of ingrained into your technology or your marketing. Um, so we wanted to be able to provide that resource. And that's why it turned into more of a community approach. Um, and we thought that um, that was the best way to provide value and to introduce people to an open ecosystem uh, where it's not just Sam Jane's accelerator, it's Sam Jane having started this community of of travel investors, of um, of his corporate partners and and friends that want to uh, make a dent in innovation in this in this industry, sounds like an incredible resource for travel startup founders. Yeah, and we're just getting the wheels turning, um, you know, because it's it's just started back in August 2016. Um, wow. That's when we really started, kind of even really getting the things together, and um, and in November we really launched the space right after Focus Right. And um, now we've got, you know, 374 uh, different members on our digital uh, membership. And we've got about 40 people in our space now. Um, And it's just kind of a great resource for people when they're coming in and out of town. Digital members get three days free every three months. So we'll have people come in and literally just check in on our app and like, boom, Mm -hmm. they're there. Um, I should clarify, that's not like an app we built. It's it's, it's an app that's literally for check-in at the front desk. But... (laughs) (laughs) But you did build that. Uh, we so. did build, or we should say our member built it for us. Um, I see the benefits for founders, but I'm curious, are older, more established travel companies open to connecting with these younger startups? Are, are they hungry for those connections or is it kind of a bother? Mm. Uh, what's that relationship like? That's a great question. Um, 
that was also part of the initial research and something that we found very um, important was that the reason that it was so hard to navigate was because um, when a larger corporate entity was trying to work with a startup solution or a new platform, to your point, it was kind of like, it was when, why, how do I do this thing? Like it was too early in the startup's life or like, you know, maybe too late to negotiate the terms of the M&A that they would really ideally want. Um, But what we help do is find people at the right time and in the right place and put them together. So we, an example of that was um, we did a roundtable with American Airlines. That was our first pilot roundtable. And that's the format we found most beneficial to um, basically candid conversations about how people can work together and, and, and how they can innovate together. Um, so that was with a very particular team with a very particular objective. And that's all I can say about that at this point. But the idea was that we, we went to our 80 people at that point we pared it down to about 30 that we thought might have a way of working with them. And then we found that four startups would be really good solutions for uh, American Airlines' current, um, you know, uh, objective. So are they testing integration? Where are they in that process? Uh, so as my latest update on that is that um, one of the startup founders has a direct integration with um, American Airlines wow. uh, flight bookings. So the margins are better for them. And then um, the other is acting as a, like um, basically like a marketing partner and affiliate to mm-hmm. the same kind of uh, same kind of traffic. It's basically like a niche um, uh, uh, gypsy community of sorts that uh, travels. Um, I don't want to like put who is in the room essentially technically, but um, you know they basically now book those flights through American. As far as I'm concerned. So primarily, I should say. Excellent. Well, this is a good time to take a quick break. And when we come back more with John Madsen, the digital director at Voyager HQ, and we're going to go into a deep dive into what all of this is and what it means. Let's do it. Do you remember what we used to say about running? Oh, somebody bigger had to chase you. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. I'm BJ Smith, and that's exactly how I felt about running most of my life. That was until one fall day in 2011. I was chasing my son in the backyard when... Something had to change. This was the beginning of my journey to becoming a runner. One that would take me from couch to marathon in less than two years. Now I'm setting my sights higher. This is 16 Weeks, a new podcast from Mouth Media Network, following me on my journey to get into shape while keeping up my obligations at work and still being there for my family. And I'm not doing it alone. My name is Keith Smart. I won a silver medal in Beijing. I'm a sport and exercise psychologist at ECU. Coach athletes all over the world. and I'll talk with experts about challenges all runners face, like figuring out how to make time to run, what to eat, and how to train. You got so dehydrated. Your heart rate went up and it felt like you were working so hard. Everything's trainable, whether it's run form, strength. That's all trainable. And so is our thinking. Subscribe now to 16 Weeks on iTunes, Google Play Music, or wherever you find great podcasts. Together, we can do this. Keep up with the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Travel Biz Show. That's Travel B-I-Z Show. Our episodes are available on iTunes and Google Play and online at travelisyourbusiness.com. Plus, there are a lot more great shows on Mouth Media Network. Take a trip to mouthmedianetwork.com to enjoy them all. 
And remember, we love fan mail. Drop us a note to say hi, suggest a guest, or if you'd like to become a sponsor on the show, email us at travelbizshow at mouthmedianetwork.com. Welcome back to Travel Is Your Business. We are here, of course, talking with John Matson of Voyager HQ. And I'll start this segment with um, just talking about programming. So your background, as you glazed over, is heavily in startups and supporting the ecosystem here in New York City. Uh, you are the you are the co-director of Startup Grind New York. Um, you're part of a group called the NYC Innovation Collective, which essentially shares programming knowledge between different ecosystems that are similar, whether it's accelerators or co-working habitats, whatever it is. And then you ran marketing for the Made in New York Media Center in Brooklyn, which, again, is a habitat for media and film, is it, technologies? Yep. It's it's uh, media and yeah. tech startups. So that, that was anything from VR to to production companies. You've been around this. You've mm-hmm. been cultivating community. You've been pushing forward um, people's stories, communication, things like that. How are you using all of those experiences to create a unique program here for the people that reside on a full-time basis as well as pop in, whether it's through one of those kind of co-working share memberships like croissant or because I know there's mm-hmm. a, there's definitely a an in and out aspect of this place as a clubhouse that right. you brand it. And then there's also the full-time tenants. A great question. Absolutely. Um, Part of the way we set this up um, as digital community first is the is the concept that we could um, have this clubhouse mentality. And what I learned from my experiences at the at the media center, which is a wonderful place, and if anybody's working on a media startup, they should definitely consider checking it out. Um, was that there was without getting too much into the details, basically a lot of stakeholders um, who were in part like had their hands in that pot in terms of it was a city initiative, it was run by a nonprofit, and there was um, large corporate sponsorships and exclusive rights. It was hard to get a decision. Exactly. So, yeah. And it was also hard to, ben- to focus on the benefit of the startup founder, mm-hmm. um, which isn't to say that we didn't. We just focused very heavily. Um, we, we just had to push through a lot more. Is what I would to get it I would yeah. say, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we did in this setup is ideal. Um, the way that Sam Jane relationship to this space allows for editorial oversight—no editorial oversight, I should say—but from outside influences. Um, and what we wanted to do also was create a type of connection that was unique to each person, because. How we set up the roundtables was, I think, a kind of the perfect example of that, where we wanted people to have a real conversation and not have to come into it with just deal flow, basically. Uh, so our event series are, are focused on people at particular stages. I should clarify that. We have two breakfast series, one that's called the Bootstrappers Breakfast. It's focused on people, pretty much everything up to um, seed stage. And then we have... Um, Uh, one that's called the Travel Founders Breakfast, which is just exclusively people who have raised or earned a million dollars on that business. How often are you running these? Uh, Once a month. For both of them? For both. And you mentioned the roundtable. What is that? So the roundtable is when we have a larger corporate entity or an investor or an interesting Can you give an example of one? Absolutely. The American Airlines one that I referenced earlier is a good example. We did one with Amadeus, uh, which is, you know, one of the larger uh, GDSs. Mm -hmm. And then we did... 
Um, we're doing one actually today with digital.nyc. Oh, yeah. Once, oh, nice. Yeah. And it's, um, that one is going to be unique to the other ones. And I think that's part of the conversation, right? It's um, what startups can benefit from resources from the city. Um, where our last ones were, how do I integrate into a GDS? Mm-hmm. And um, how does uh, Amadeus use the innovations, the platforms that these startups are working on to improve on their product? And how can they uh, become more accessible? to startups. So that was their actual program, Amadeus for Startups. Um, or Amadeus Next also is, they're like merging the two. So sure. it's, yeah. Um, uh, and that's kind of like a good example of, you know, those those relationships that we've had. But we also do, we what we ideally like to work towards is a, a marketplace of sorts. Um, but it's the idea that people can request introductions with one another when it's meaningful. Are there any other communities like this in the travel space? And are there any communities like this outside of the travel space that you're learning from and kind of taking notes from? Totally. Um, I mean, there's some great communities in travel. Um, in particular, I can think of the Travel, Te- travel Tech Lab in, um, in London um, is doing really great things. It's essentially it's a space. And so we're in conversations with them about how we can, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, provide benefits to the, to the community. Um, but that's where, um, hack horizons ending. And so hack horizon is like a hackathon on an airplane and they're going mm-hmm. from China to London and it's really cool. Right. Which um, airlines is that with? Um, you know, I'm, I'm totally blanking okay, on it. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, Some boosters. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's that's a great community as well. And then um, there's um, there's other accelerators that are doing things. There's one in Chicago. I mean, there's there's a few travel startup incubator in Florida. Okay. Uh, but these are the the reason that we wanted to come to the space the way we did is because um, we're not formally an incubator accelerator program. We just provide resources similar to right. It. You're not taking any investment or equity. In I like companies. to call it like an open source incubator. Yeah. Like every, all the resources are like plug and play. Like people bring to the table as much as they, as they take away. And I think that that's a big part of what community does. That's what we see at startup grind. Uh, we, mm-hmm. we, we really preach the, the give and don't take yeah. approach. And I think we've seen that so far in terms of members who have, that done things like build our check-in app and, and um, you know, take care of our trademark and, like, mm-hmm. uh, be really active in wanting to see this community develop and be uh, prosperous. Um, there's also a few other communities that are also kind of online-facing. Travel Massive is a huge one. Um, but they're focused more on um, a broader stroke, right? Like, they're not doing particularly focused on helping startups develop. Um, they have these event series, um, and they have uh, a lot of resources for traveler, travel startups, so they should be on Travel Massive. Um, uh, but yeah, it's just like a kind of different animal in terms of, uh, you know, how we're, we're helping. I think it's one of those things where if you're a travel startup, you should be checking out all of these. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In terms of solutions for this industry, now this is a, like, it could be the shared economy, it could be obviously airline technology, GPS, it can be, I mean, discovery, um, OTAs, like, whatever acronym you want to throw out there, mm-hmm. but it's such a wide variety. What are you most excited about the different, you know, in terms of what solutions you've seen and, and where they're uh, approaching? Totally. Um, there's, there's definitely a lot of interesting go- stuff going on in individual sectors. Um, the reason that we went to it with that broad approach of travel, tourism, and hospitality mm-hmm. is that we just saw a lot of benefit in connecting them all together because mm-hmm. that's naturally what happens. Um, 
But in particular, what, what am I excited about? Is that really the question? Yep, absolutely. What people are doing a lot of is experience. That's the hot, hot trend right now. Like experience mm-hmm. is huge. Um, with Airbnb launching trips, that's like a, like hugely saturated already, actually. A ton of our members are yeah. making local authentic experiences in a regional place. Um, and that's the, the nut that's really hard to crack is that um, the people who do it regionally are the ones who are most successful, but how do you scale that? Because um, they are focused on how they can develop the local economy by doing that. So if you have somebody in, you know, just in particular in, let's say London again, right? Um, and they're just providing this experience in London. It, it's it's one, it's like you have to target everybody going to London. Um, so how do you target all those other markets, right? Basically, like, it's a, it's a big challenge, Um just discovery and experience overall. Yeah. Because I mean, were all those startups kind of rendered useless as soon as that Airbnb tri- uh, experiences was launched? Was it, you know, dozens of travel startups went out of business? I don't think so. Um, not that we've seen, you know, the, the at least since that's launched, that was, I guess, how many months ago? Maybe four? I don't know. I, I mean, if you're looking for a truly niche experience, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a ton of competitive advantages. It's limitless to what experience you can offer to a traveler and how many interest levels you could hit upon. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how, you know, I, I don't, I don't feel like they're even gonna dent it. Yeah, for the most part, like you know, I, th- I think there's a huge opportunity for the independents to still thrive in this. Yeah, I think that the the to to the same point of like it's easier to do it regionally or, or focus on one space, one, one city, one, one yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. because, um, it's a lot harder to, to really provide those local experiences. Um, they run on relationships, right? Exactly. So. And so one thing that I found interesting is that we have people like go journey in our community. That's a really cool one that like basically plans the itinerary for you. Um, who, when we see somebody like that partnering with the people who provide those local experiences is like a win-win for everybody, you know, in terms of sourcing uh, lead gen for the, um, for the local um, tour guide, but also for the, um, for the itinerary, because they end up having more experiences to be able to promote. Um, so I'd be interested to see who actually cracks in that, because Airbnb is having, you know, their, their fair share of, um, of challenges with it, I think. Um, have you guys used that before the actual no. Airbnb trips? Neither. Have I didn't know it was even so, available. So. so I've played with it, but you know, uh, you know, it's the same kind of thing in terms of like, you know, the people travel like usually once a year, you know? And so the, you have to kind of plan around what that would look like. And if you can build it into an ecosystem where it's focused on one space, um, then you have a lot more opportunity for, for business transactions really at the end of the day. Do you know what I mean by that? Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm going to play around with it just to get my own perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm thinking, I'm projecting that it's not going to be useful for someone like myself. I'm the type of travel traveler that likes to, I, I, I enjoy the research as much as I do participating in the experience. Mm-hmm. So I want to be able to find the dumpling spot or find the the beef noodles or you know whatever it might be or the or the temples and the waterfalls. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't I don't know if I would feel satisfied with going to Airbnb booking my place and them suggesting me restaurants maybe that's pulled in through their local Yelp or listings and stuff like that. I can't imagine that they're 
they're doing a high level of um, curation versus more, more data aggregation with a, so with the, a place that's that big. Yeah, the concept on that one, and it is a, it is an interesting idea, is to have the hosts basically act as guides. Got it. So if I'm okay. a host and I, um, you know, sign up to become mm-hmm. one of the, you know, I could say there's my favorite coffee shop here. Mm-hmm. There's my favorite restaurant. Yeah. Okay. I was recently with somebody who was visiting Barcelona and they said that they did a bike tour of different tapas places and that it was through this Airbnb experiences and it was mm-hmm. the best thing that they had done because it was a group of three people with one person who was from Barcelona who wasn't a tour guide. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just felt like it was this really intimate, like hanging out with a friend. And I think that there's maybe even a use case for people who are in New York or, you know, in the city where they live and just want to experience a different neighborhood or learn about art or learn about jewelry, not to make it like a promo for the experiences. But the thing that I think that Airbnb has over maybe startups is that they have people coming to their site and looking at it. Whereas if I go take a trip to Sri Lanka, I might not know the local experience provider. Well, you're hitting them at the time of conversion, right? Mm -hmm. So they're looking for that stuff right away. That's That's interesting. So I didn't know that that's how it worked with Mm -hmm. it, which it was through their web of hosts. Right. That's pretty massive. Yeah. It becomes basically like they have the inventory. Yeah. Um, It, it makes a lot of sense. So, but it's, it, it is a tough, not to crack at the end of the day. That's what we keep seeing. It's like there's so many people trying to do that. The same downstream thing. effects on people that are in the travel and tourism or experience world mm-hmm. all over the place is so interesting. That means if I were in, if I were ever thinking about starting like a moped street tour, like street food tour, mm-hmm. I could do that now and be really effective by just going through Airbnb. Yeah. So I'm wondering what the downstream effects are going to be with like innovating on new, um, experiences yeah um to to jump on that the thing that i think is is usually very successful in terms of what i was saying about um startups who approach it with a b2b aspect Mm -hmm. even if they are b2c and they're focusing on a end consumer is um somebody who approaches it a little bit in a clever way um and builds on top of something so hitlist is a great example do you guys know hitlist Mm -hmm. yeah so jillian morris is awesome she's very been very active in our community she's um, a really great founder and she actually started our breakfast series. Um, so we kind of adopted it in that way, but, um, she did this really clever idea, which is essentially like, um, a new way of packaging trips. And I found it to be extremely useful. And I think anybody I've shown it to is, um, useful, found it useful in terms of people I've told about it. Mm -hmm. But, um, the concept being that when you go to kayak or any of the other OTAs, cheapo air, you know, if you do one of those, um, it's it's hard to say like i just want to go in june it doesn't really matter when i go i just want to go in june and this is for airline tickets i should clarify mm-hmm. um if you're doing it that way you're just going to kind of arbitrarily try to and you're not going to find the best deals basically and what she's doing is sourcing the best deals for weekend getaways for week long trips for yeah. summer vacation and i totally did that last month i went to quebec city randomly because it was like really affordable and just like there yeah exactly right Mm -hmm. and it's like the inventory is there how do i in a clever way approach it something that's beneficial to somebody um and i think that that is usually where you find a lot of opportunity um now before we go into our last segment i'm curious to hear your thoughts on um on how larger enterprise level either suppliers airlines hospitality groups the big companies that need to look towards innovation, how can they, how should they be approaching discovery of unique tools, communities like Voyager, Mm -hmm. where, how should they participate? 
That's a really good question. The, um, the, the way that we've seen enterprise companies um, and these larger corporate partners are approaching it and struggling is when they have it kind of coming from several departments based on like some KPI it wasn't hit. When the ones that who are very active and bringing on new startups usually have some kind of innovation arm. Uh, mm-hmm. And you'll see that in a lot of industries that, that they'll have like a chief innovation officer. And that's a lot of them to, even have internal incubators now. Exactly. Accelerator right. programs. Yeah. And excubators in that same way, which is mm-hmm. to pull um, or allow employees to, um, to work on these projects and then yeah. like basically acquire the thing that they made themselves, um, which is really cool. Um, uh, but the, we've seen that that setup leads to a lot of interesting conversations because it's uh, department agnostic in, in, in some way, right? right? Um, you get to plug into the different departments and see like, how does this really work together? Right. Um, so that is a unique setup. Um, it also helps with the benefit of the, uh, corporations overall benefit, not just like say the marketing department, which is also can have a lot of benefit from, um, you know, independent departments totally can have these mm-hmm. benefits, um, from working with startups. It's just that that setup seems to be very, um, beneficial at the core of the business. Interesting. Hmm. I'm curious about how you feel working with so many startups and looking at innovation and understanding the enterprise level companies. Do you ever want to start your own company rather than help other companies? That is a great question. At, at some point, yeah. But also Voyager is an early, you know, we just started and yeah. I treat this like it's a baby. Like that it, experience. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we bootstrapped this. I know we had, um, we had Sam's amazing support, but we really, you know, we're, we're in it, we're in the trenches and here at the space, you know, we don't have our own office. We're out in the middle of the floor with everybody else to make sure we're accessible and that we um, we're in it together, you know, because it, it. Well, yeah, if you experience it directly as a participant, that's the only way that you can really identify mm-hmm. the shortfalls and the wins. Yeah, it was part of the reason that we we just recently adjust our rates to make it even more affordable for startup founders. What are the rates, real quick, before yeah, we go? Sure. Yeah. Um, now we have uh, a dedicated desk is only one hundred and seventy five dollars a month. Wow. That's so great. yeah, with a four month commitment, but there's also a shared desk for two twenty five per month, month to month, only a thirty day commitment. Mm-hmm. So there's also the reason we did such there's more flexible options, which is a ten day pass for one hundred and twenty five per ten ten day pass, and you mm-hmm. can use that at any point in three any months. Any ten days? Any ten days? Okay, great. Um, uh, it has to be within our sure. normal operating hours, um, and the one day pass. So as I mentioned, digital members get three of those every three months. So um, what we'll find is that like a digital member in town will be like, I need a place for a week. Well, I'll use my three days and then I'll buy two more for, I think it's, we just did it to 18, mm-hmm. 18 um, a day, okay. which is also very, very reasonable, very affordable. Um, so the digital yeah. membership, how can people subscribe to that? Um, it's on our website, voyagerhq.com. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a big join button all over that thing. Got um, it. And you just fill out an application and uh, after you apply, it's just a, a short period where we review, um, and then you'll find out within a week whether or not you were accepted into that community or not. Um, and with that comes resources. Is there a Slack group? Like, what's the? How are you communicating and bridging the the digital community? Primarily, right now, it's email. Um, okay. We are we're very like we're very open to the the concept of doing like an open forum, mm-hmm. and we want to do that. We just want to do it correctly. Okay. Uh, currently where we are, 
you know, we could make a pretty vibrant Slack group with, you know, 400 people in it. Um, but we want to make sure that it's going to be something that doesn't like dilute the actual mm-hmm. uh, value, the value, right? Which is right time, right place. And cause it really doesn't benefit you if you're, you know, just starting out and you get in a room with somebody or you like chat with somebody and you start blasting out a bunch of like, you know, later stage, like people who are on their series, B. you know, what I mean? it doesn't really give you the perception that you want later. Yeah. Um, so we're trying to even kind of protect people from that step when they're first starting out um, and make sure that they're they're getting their right uh, environment. Great. Okay, we're going to go into a quick break. And uh, when we come back, of course, that means off the beaten path, uh, where our hosts ask, uh, frankly, questions that are a little bit off the beaten path. Uh, so when we come back, more with Travel Is Your Business and our guest, John Madsen. If you're a business decision maker, you should listen to this. The show you're listening to is produced by Mouth Media Network, a podcasting network focused on the business of lifestyle. Because of our team's background and deep connections with brands, influencers, and ecosystems, we offer a tremendous opportunity to bring your company's message and products in front of decision makers from several verticals, including fashion, beauty, travel, materials and textiles, health and fitness, and lifestyle. To explore opportunities to partner, collaborate, email us at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. And now, on with the show. All right, welcome back to Travel Is Your Business, and it's time for personal questions with John Matson. Oh, the beaten And of course, we rely on our trusted PA announcer to uh, let us know who is uh, fortunate or unfortunate enough to ask the first question. Ladies and gentlemen, would passenger Pavan Ball please report to the information desk? All right, sounds like my name. Uh, I am up. Let's see. My man. (laughs) Let's see. Okay. You are involved in tons of community. Uh, You deliver a fair amount, to be modest, value to this ecosystem, whether it's travel startups or overarching startup industry here in, uh, or startup communities here in New York. Thinking back to way earlier, I'm talking about, you know, your first yellow stripe karate or, you know what I mean, like uh, learning how to ride a bike or whatever it might be, a mentorship that you received early mm-hmm. on that still really resonates in, in your day-to-day and, and how you approach things. Totally. Um, I'd say like, uh, it, it, this is an easy one for me. It's my brother. Uh, my older brother was... Uh, how, much said, old, how much older is he? He's a... Uh, Three years older now. Okay. It was like, now, now. Now, yeah, yeah, now, yeah. Now, now. now he's two and a half. Older. It's two and a half, so every time I end up switching it to two or three years older. Right. Um, <laughs> so right now so he's important three. when we were kids. Right you know? now like, he's no, three he's, years older. He's three years old. Um, <laughs> I'm five but, and a half years old. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but he he's always been... Um, such a, um, a guardian and guide for me in my life. And he's actually uh, an entrepreneur and software engineer. Um, and I think, you know, kind of piqued my interest back when I was a teenager, when he was first starting his company when he was 19. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but even, even when we were like, we, <laughs> we did this thing. My mom um, ran a spin class. Like, you know, spinning and, um, way before it was like soul cycle around oh, and yeah. all that stuff. Okay. Oh yeah. She was so like ahead, ahead of, the of the curve. Yeah. yeah. Big time. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So she had the spin class and it was held, um, at our house. So we, we had, um, 
uh, garage and this old stuff it was an old house. So we had all this old stuff from the, the, from the people mm-hmm. who lived there before us. And um, my parents were like, just get rid of that stuff. So my brother and I used to root through that and try to find things that we could, um, that we could sell to mm-hmm. people who come through and then we would like draw pictures and we would like make things to the spin guests to the people okay. <laughs> and then amazing. we would say 75% of this goes to the PMC which is a um, a race that's for cancer uh, oh, wow. so we were so we made our first nonprofit when we were like 9 um, <laughs> but it was funny like uh, the reason I said mentorship is like it was totally his idea you know what i mean and mm-hmm. i just like um i wanted to to follow in a lot of those footsteps and he's just been a a, a strength moving forward he's in new york city as well now so okay. Where'd you guys grow up? Massachusetts. Yeah. Yeah. He had started a company uh, when he was 19, ran through a few rounds of funding, and then, um, you know, kind of after that, did some marketing work, transitioned to software engineering. And, like, mm-hmm. he's just kind of, cool. like, crazy dude that way. But, yeah. Good deal. <laughs> really cool. And um, let's, uh, of course, let's hear who's next. <laughs> <laughs> Your attention Standby passenger Samantha Schenkman report to gate 27. That's me. Instead of looking back, I want to look forward a little bit, uh, but still thinking about how you do add so much value to this community. And I can only imagine how intense it can get, especially working up in the working in the startup community. Something that I'm hearing more people do is taking a sabbatical. So looking forward, if you could kind of plan a sabbatical for a future, whether it's a month Mm. or three months or a year, when you are ready to kind of take a break from the grind, uh, where would you go? What would you want to do? Who would you go with? That's a great great question. I would bring – who would I go with? I mean, I'd bring my whole family if I could. But um, um, I would say me and my girlfriend would go to Sweden. Probably there's a lot of places we want to go, but I'm a my dad's um, hundred percent Swedish, so we have family there, but I've never met them, and I would just mm. really love to know more about what it's like in Sweden. To be honest, um, uh, it's just a place I want to go, and I can't believe I haven't done it yet. And what kind of activities would you do to kind of disconnect from this ultra connected world that you're in right now? Um, unplug my phone. <laughs> Would you? Uh, no, probably, probably not. not. <laughs> yeah, I'd be terrible at that. Um, well, how are you going to get around? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just a reality now. Um, but I think, uh, I would probably drive around a lot and just kind of go to different towns, like smaller towns. Uh, one of my favorite things about a recent trip we took, when I, was, I think I mentioned it earlier to Quebec City, was that we didn't go to Montreal, we went to Quebec City. And mm-hmm. it's like a little bit smaller, and it has that kind of like small town meets little, like like kind of big city, you know, five. It's like half a million people or something. And if I can do that as much as possible and get to know new friends, like we made a bunch of friends there out of nowhere. And um, if we can do that, that's like, that would be recharging for me to be like in a quiet place, that um but that i can still kind of um make some new pals i'm a weird introvert extrovert mix i have no idea <laughs> what a sabbatical would look like for me all right and if you would indulge us uh would you please uh, share a final thought um it could be reflecting on this interview or your work that you've done or just overall things yeah uh <laughs> i guess um if you're if you're working on something make, make friends. Like, I think a lot of when I, when I find new startup founders, they're always saying like, oh, like these, you know, the network and like this, um, this like connection that I made. And at that point, it's like, it, it isn't really about 
a human, right? You're just, it, you become, uh, you're using somebody. So mm-hmm. I think, um, to, you know, final thought would be, um, get involved, get your hands dirty, put time into to other people's lives and, and make an impact for them. Um, because it really comes back to you in dividends. Um, and that whole, that whole idea of, of give first and, and don't take, um, I think that that's an important one. It's helped me a lot. Excellent. And what, is the best way for folks to connect with either yourself or the things that you guys are doing here at Voyager HQ? Sure. Um, uh, definitely come by. If you're in New York, come to this space. Uh, we have events all the time, a happy hour once a month. Throw but in that you, address. What do you got? Oh, yeah, yeah, we're at 137 West 25th Street. We're on the 11th floor. Um, yeah, and you know you can email me. I'm at um, john, J-O-H-N, at voyagerhq.com. Um you know, apply and sign up for our newsletter. That's a, a really great resource. Easy um, way to get in touch with you guys. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Right? You, it's pretty easy to get in touch with us. You know, you could literally stop by. Um, yeah. Great. Well, that is it for this episode of Travel Is Your Business. Um, thank you to our guest, of course, John Matson, for joining us. No, thanks for having me. Absolutely, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'm looking forward and to being on this, man. Yeah, yeah. Hanging out with well, you guys. yeah. Something, something to to note um, to the folks that are still listening to us here is that uh, John will be joining us as a uh, co-host of Travel Is Your Business. So you're going to be hearing a lot more uh, from John in the future episodes. My ramblings. So, um, and that's it for this episode for Samantha Shankman. Safe travels. And I am Pavan Ball. I uh, hope you enjoyed your stay with us, and we'll see you next time. This has been Travel Is Your Business. To suggest guests or content for the show or to become a sponsor, email us at podcast at travelisyourbusiness.com. Keep up with the show on social media at Travel Biz Show. That's Travel B-I-Z Show. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, travelisyourbusiness.com. Produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved. No portion of the episode may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.